0: let me just quickly remind choir members three o'clock practice and and i also should have said something else we're glad that we have our carpets back uh and they seem to be they seem to be in good shape now things are a little bit different they're no longer stuck to the ground uh so that means here and there watch out You know stuff that previously was stuck now it has an edge and the edge can curl up a little bit so please no one trip uh, uh, on a a little edge here or there this also means that uh, uh, when hot weather comes summer months and sometimes we don't have the acs uh, we can roll them up and and uh, put them aside and that will make uh, the place a little bit cooler uh, a little bit cooler uh we're not doing that now <laughs> we don't need the place to be a little bit cooler now but in the summer uh we can do that which uh previously uh when they were stuck uh, uh that was not possible so we'll see how that works out a thank you to uh, Everyone involved from the time we had our flood. The younger ones want to have a a, a play about Noah. (laughs) Uh, They have a greater uh, awareness of what the flood is uh, now. Uh, Anyway, uh, thank you uh, for many different things that were done by many uh, many different people. Our reading was from Hebrews chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 5. One of the things that you have in the book of Hebrews is that you have a New Testament book that connects very strongly to things found in the Old Testament. Now, the truth is, the truth is that all the New Testament is strongly connected to what is found in the Old. There is a unity between Old and New. But in some places you see those connections More than uh, others, there was uh, a feast in the Old Testament called the Passover. What happened at the uh, end of the series of plagues? The tenth plague, the death of the firstborn uh, uh, in all the land of Egypt, except for those who had who would do what? Who would kill the Passover lamb and place the blood? on both sides of the door and above. For those who killed the Passover lamb and placed the blood on the door, the judgment would pass over them. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Al-Masih fushuna dhubiha lana. It points to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament uh, system, uh, there was uh, an altar. And at the end of this book, it says, we have an altar. And, of course, that also points to the person of uh, Christ. In the Old Testament system, there was a tabernacle. And then after the tabernacle, there was a temple. <laughs> Remember what the Lord Jesus uh, said when they told him in John chapter 2, give us a sign. He said, destroy this temple and I will raise it up after three days. And they said, this temple has been undergoing renovation for what? For 46 years. And you are going to destroy it and raise it up in three days But he spoke of the temple of his body. Spoke of the temple of his body. The temple, the place where God met with man. Where does God meet with man in the person of Christ? Who is man, perfect man, and the Almighty God. The Almighty God. In the Old Testament system, there were sacrifices. Which pointed to what? Which pointed to... The fact that we also need repeated sacrifices in our day and time. No. Some people offer the sacrifice of Christ again and again. But that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that those sacrifices pointed to one great sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 11. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering often the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. They are not the ultimate answer. They were not the ultimate answer. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, whatever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool for by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. As they say in Arabic al Marat once and uh, for all uh, once uh, and uh, for all. Uh, and so uh, we have the feasts of the Old Testament pointing like Passover pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, he is our Passover. The altar of the Old Testament, pointing to the Lord Jesus, our altar. The temple or tabernacle of the Old Testament, pointing to the Lord Jesus, who spoke of the temple of his body, (laughs) uh, the sacrifices, pointing to the one great sacrifice, which would be offered once and for all. Another thing, that was found in the Old Testament, there was a high priest. There was a high priest. And... In our reading, there is mention of uh, the uh, high priest. Verse 14, there is a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 15, it speaks again of the high priest. In uh, chapter 5, the first few verses speak of the high priest as well. The high priest. We are sinners under God's judgment. How are we going to escape the condemnation which we deserve by a sacrifice being offered? The innocent taking upon himself the punishment which should belong to the guilty. Now, who is supposed to offer this sacrifice under the law? The high priest in particular. The priests and in particular the high priest representing in some way the whole system. He was the one who was supposed to offer sacrifice for the sins of the people. And that sacrifice is greatly needed. That salvation is greatly needed that payment of our sins by another is greatly needed and it will take place through the work and ministry of a high priest and so we need a high priest Uh, the high uh, priest the lord jesus christ he is the high priest of who of all of all who have placed their faith and trust in him. Chapter 4 of Hebrews and verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest seeing then that we have a great uh, high priest. If you go back to the preceding verses, he speaks of the people of God. He says, let us labor, uh, therefore, to enter into that rest who is the us. The us is those who have placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, seeing that we have a great high priest. What did Thomas say? Lord, God, No, he said something slightly different. My Lord and my God and uh, my uh, God. Uh, What did Paul say? He said, I'm crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and died for me and died uh, for uh, for me uh look with me at the book of psalms i believe it is psalm 48 and the end of the psalm mazmur 48 wa nihayat al psalm 48 and verse 14 it says what it says this god is our god forever and ever he will be our guide even unto death he is our god forever and uh, and ever remember how the lord identified him identified himself many times not just once or twice in scripture as the god of abraham isaac jacob and remember that the sons of abraham are the sons of abraham by faith are the sons of abraham by uh uh, by faith Uh, this god is our uh, god Uh, this high priest is our high uh, priest, uh, is our uh, high priest, seeing that we have this high priest. And he has passed into the heavens, but the fact that he has passed into the heavens does not mean, does not mean that he has forgotten us does not mean that he is somehow severed from us <inaudible> we are not cut off from him nor he from uh, from us now it's true that people like Peter, James, and John, and I just mentioned Thomas, uh, and other disciples and others of that day and time. They had a certain experience of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was among them. And then, of course, he died and rose again, and 40 days later ascended into heaven, and their experience of the Lord Jesus Christ was changed. It was somehow different, but not different in the sense that when he was with them, he was with them, and then far away, don't care, no connection, forgotten. Not different in that sense. No, because the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, Lo, I am with you always. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, even unto the end of uh, the uh, age. He is not uh, far from uh, from, uh, us. Uh, He has not left us behind. Uh, He has not left us behind. Uh, At one point in the U.S., there was some kind of Uh, law that was passed, and people like to give laws certain catchy names, and the truth is that I know very little about the specifics of this law, Uh, so I don't want to appear to be uh, uh, supporting or criticizing uh, this particular law, no child left behind, no child left behind. Now, anything that man does, no matter how well-intentioned, never turns out to be perfect. Sometimes governments do a good job, sometimes not so good. But setting aside all of that, the Lord Jesus has no child left behind. No child uh, left behind. Uh, Here comes Naomi. I'm not referring to, <laughs> uh, brother dad, sister crystal's daughter, Allah Khalil Kodieha. Uh, here comes Naomi back from Moab. Has she ever been to Moab? They were talking about another Naomi. Uh, and bringing with her, of course, Ruth. And don't call me anymore, Naomi. Uh, call me Mara. Uh, call me Mara Samuni Murra. And, uh, how are they going to make, uh, a, a living? What was common in that time is that a husband or a brother or or or, or son and even to this time it, that things are like that to some extent. So Morus went out to the field to gather the wheat that would be left on the ground, left according to the commandments of the law. This was one of the things clearly commanded in the law that it should be done, and then those who were uh, uh, in bad shape in terms of material things, those who were poor, would come and gather. And so she went, and she gathered. And she ran into someone called Boaz, who was very welcoming and very kind, And in fact, who told his workers, you don't gather up all the sheaves and all the wheat. On purpose, you leave some. On purpose, you should uh, leave some. And then she went back and told Naomi, her mother-in-law. And Naomi said, this man is near of kin to us. He is our next kinsman. What a coincidence. Uh, no, it's not a, uh, a coincidence. Uh, Joseph was exalted to the throne. When his brothers came, he them, he knew them, he loved them. What he did with them in terms of not identifying himself... And the other things that he did, this was to see that there was real repentance. Not because he wanted to be cruel or harsh. Not because he wanted to be cruel or harsh, because from the very beginning, when he saw them, he had to go in and cry privately and come back out. The fact that he had been lifted up to the, to the throne that God had given him, so to speak, a new life in Egypt, and that he called his two sons, Manasseh, uh, the Lord has made me to forget all my toil and all the bad things that I experienced. And Ephraim, I have become fruitful uh, in uh, this uh, land. Still these were his brothers and still he loved them. The fact that The Lord Jesus Christ has passed into the heavens, has been exalted compared, of course, to his uh, time here upon the earth. That doesn't mean that he has forgotten us. Not uh, at all. Uh, Not at all. The Bible says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. The Bible says uh, that I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. (inaudible) Naqashtkun ala with the Lord Jesus Christ. Literally true. Because we have reason to believe that as he was in his resurrection here, so will he continue to be with the marks of the nails in his hands. uh, In his hands. He continues to be our high priest. Uh, The fact that he has passed into the heavens does not at all change that. In fact, he is serving as a high priest all the more. You might say that this increases his qualification and his effectiveness, but it's difficult to say that word increase because someone might think that somehow he was lacking uh, in, uh, uh, in any way. Uh, He is our high priest, even though he's passed into the heavens. No one is left behind. And it says he is our great high priest. And there are a number of things that are mentioned in the book of Hebrews to show how the Lord Jesus was better than the high priests that were of old. It was not just that a sacrifice pointed to a sacrifice, but a sacrifice pointed to a much better sacrifice. It was not just uh, that a temple pointed to a temple, but rather that a temple pointed to a much better temple. In fact, the word better is one of the important words in the letter to the Hebrews. We have a great high priest. Uh, Look at chapter 7, and first of all, verses 23 through 25. Chapter 7 and verse 23, they were many priests because they could not continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. And so he is able to save to the uttermost all who come unto God by him, seeing that he ever lives to make intercession for them. I need a priest to offer a sacrifice. What if the priest has died? All right, someone might say, oh, well, another one will come in its place. Yes, but maybe somehow that succession is not clear or has not taken place yet. One forever. One high priest forever who can continue to serve because he ever lives to make intercession for uh, them. Also in chapter 6 and if we continue reading uh, chapter uh, sorry not chapter 6 chapter 7 and verse 26 7:26 26, For such an high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, made higher than the heavens, who needs not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the peoples. For this he did once when he offered himself. For the law makes men high priests who have infirmity. But the word of oath, which is before the law, makes the son who is consecrated forever. Consecrated forever. Here and there you will hear people say, as they officiate at certain religious ceremonies, you will say, Forgive them their sins through me, your sinful servant. <laughs> <laughs> but when you stop and think of it, someone over here who's a sinner and he needs help if I'm a sinner I'm in the same situation how can I be his mediator when I myself need a mediator now for a time under the Old Testament people served as high priests a picture is not like the reality a picture is lacking in some ways. And one of the things that had to happen was, yes, the high priest needed to offer sacrifice, not just for the people, but also for his own sins. But with the Lord Jesus, this is not the case. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, higher than the heavens, who does not need to offer for his own sins does not need to offer for his own sins. He is a perfect mediator. He is a perfect mediator. Suppose that somehow through me you're going to receive forgiveness of sins. But I myself am a sinner. So how do you know? How do you know that the fact that I am lacking and sinful myself, how do, how do you know that it won't somehow create an obstacle or a problem? Who does all things well? The Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says. They were astounded at what he did and what he said. And they said, he has done all things well. And the Bible says in the Old Testament that whatever God does, not not whatever man does, it says whatever God does, nothing can be added to it nor taken away from it because it is perfect. Because it is perfect. And so... The mediation of the Lord Jesus Christ, Rabbi he is al wal It is the real and true uh, 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 and true mediation. In the Old Testament, they were doing what God told them to do, but it was in no way the final answer, the ultimate answer. It was pointing to the Lord jesus uh, christ he is a great high priest not needing to offer sacrifice for his own sin he is a great high priest because because remember i was saying that he went into heaven and somehow this is better all right the high priest on the day of atonement الكفارة, would do what this was a very special day a feast day for the people in the old testament One of the things that would happen, well, they would bring two goats. They would confess their sins. The the high priest would lead the people in a confession of sins. And symbolically, Ramziyan, the sins were placed on the heads of the two goats. One of the goats was taken to the wilderness, released there, never to return. Never to return. He has removed our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. The other goat would be what? Would be killed as a sacrifice, and the blood of that goat would be taken in by the high priest. This is the one and only time, once a year, that anyone would enter the Holy of Holies. Qudsal this. The place which symbolically represented the presence of God. And so the high priest would bear the blood of the sacrifice into the Holy of Holies. But the Lord Jesus did not bear the blood of the sacrifice into a place that symbolically represents the presence of God. Rather, he bore his own blood into heaven itself, into the actual presence, the actual presence of, uh, uh, of God. He has entered uh, the uh, heavens, passed into uh, the uh, heavens, and his passing into the heavens is altogether Fitting and proper because in addition to being man in his, car- in his incarnation, he has always has been, is, and always will be God Almighty. God uh, Almighty. Uh, we have an undying high priest an undefiled high priest. We have a high priest who has entered into the very presence of God. We have a great high priest. Greatness can sometimes make things difficult in a certain way. What do I mean? Here's a great person among men. We might feel that we are not able to approach him. We might feel that that person is not accessible, is not uh, accessible to us. Great people among men, presidents and kings and prime ministers and rulers of various places. How many of you right now If you wanted to tell the president or the prime minister or the speaker uh, of parliament in this country, how many of you would be able to gain an audience with such a person? How many of you would be able to gain an audience with that kind of person? Can you go to the presidential palace and say, I want to speak to the president? And they will say, yes, of course. if you do if you can let me know <laughs> but the thing is uh just by saying that tells you that 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 it's not uh, something that is common it is not something uh, that is common and so and so the greatness of certain people can have the effect of isolating them of uh isolating them uh <clears throat> Remember Nehemiah? Nehemiah was in the palace of the king, and Nehemiah was the cupbearer of the king. Technically, his business was to do what? To make sure that the king was not poisoned by something put in his water or other drink. And the cupbearer was also, also, to a certain extent, a cupbearer was an advisor. Someone who was in the presence of the king on a regular basis and and he'd put in a word of advice here and there and yet, even though Nehemiah was in this trusted and honored position still what was he subject to? Here he was, he heard about the city of Jerusalem, he heard that the the people who had returned from Uh, the captivity uh, who were there, he heard that they were in a great reproach because what? Because the city had no walls, they were broken down and the gates of it were burned with fire. And this was the city which was identified with the Lord's name in a special way at that time. And so it was a burden on his heart and he was sad, mourning, fasting, praying. Now he wasn't like one of these people who was putting ash on his face. But the fact is that his concern and his prayers and his fasting they have an effect. And so the king asked him, why are you sad? The king asked him, why are you sad? And this was a moment of trouble for Nehemiah. Because what? Because you weren't supposed to be sad in the presence of the king. You kept your sadness to yourself somewhere else. And before the king, you put on a happy face. Because your problems are not the king's problems. Your concerns are not the king's concerns. He has his own business. He has his own responsibilities. He's not there to connect with you and to hear what problems you have. And this is the way things were for Nehemiah who had access to the presence of the king. This is the way things uh, were. The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus is what? He is full of compassion. He's full of compassion. How many times does this phrase appear in the Old Testament, especially in the book of Psalms? I poured out my heart to the Lord. Pour out your heart uh, to, uh, to him. Come unto me, all ye that are la- that labor and are heavy laden. No, zabtu halkun awal shi. bedli halwi. gravat, jacket. All right? Fix yourselves up, put a tie on, jacket, then come to me. No, come unto me as you are, all who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is, is light. The bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. The bruised reed, a reed that is, broken but hanging on two pieces by the skin it is a straight uh, little piece of wood and something that's like that that's two pieces is not useful and the common thing is to do what is to break it into two pieces the bruised reed shall he not break. The smoking flax shall he not quench. The oil lamps of the time, many times were a simple bowl, oil, and a wick, steely, which would float in the oil. You would, you would, uh, 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 you would ignite it. You would, uh, you would, uh, you'd put some fire to it. It would burn. It would absorb the oil that it's floating in now this wick half needs to be trimmed properly otherwise if it's not in good shape what will happen rather than burning cleanly and providing light it will burn in a dirty way and not provide light it'll just provide smoke as well as a as a smell, all right, and probably less pleasant than when it burns properly. The smoking flax, the one that's that's just not working out the way that it should, the smoking flax shall he not quench. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Isaiah 61 and verse 1 because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the rich. <laughs> <laughs> Good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. He can have compassion. He can have uh, compassion. Uh, that's chapter 5 and verse 2. Uh, uh, chapter 5 and verse 2. Uh, he is not untouchable he is touched with the feelings of our uh, infirmities there's a chorus that we sing once in a while whosoever will to the lord may come whosoever will to the lord may come whosoever will to the lord may come he'll not turn one away jesus 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 i forget how it goes now i have to sing it Jesus heals the brokenhearted. He will set you free. He will set you uh, free. The high priest, close to uh, men, sympathizing uh, with them. The high priest is not supposed to be a terror to evildoers and bring judgment upon them. Now, that to the extent that they've violated some law, the people need to be held accountable. And that is the business of the king. Now we are speaking of Christ as our high priest. As our high priest. The one who is supposed to intercede for us. Having compassion uh, uh, on us. By the way, the high priest was also supposed to be involved in teaching the people. And how many times did the Lord uh, Jesus teach uh, the people? Sometimes people think of the Sermon on the Mount, this statement that you have, especially in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, as the law of the Lord Jesus. It's the same as the Old Testament. It's just explained properly. The Pharisees perverted uh, uh, things. Uh, The uh, Lord Jesus who has compassion uh, on people. He He rose up early in the morning, Mark chapter 1. And went into a solitary place and prayed. ذَهَبْ إِلَى الْخَلَاءُ And Simon came after him and said, All people are seeking you. At which point he said, "Malish <laughs> لِجْلَدَتُوَ I don't have time for all people. Alright? Uh, that's not uh, what uh, he said. Uh, remember Eli and Hannah. Now Eli made the mistake of assuming that she was drunk and then she told him i'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit she explained things at which point he said away with you anyway <laughs> i don't have the time of day with you uh, for you no at that point at that point he spoke to her in a way that was encouraging uh, in a way that was uh, helpful uh, that was uh, that was helpful uh, jesus knows all about our troubles the hymn writer uh, says our prayers are presented in his name our prayers are in the name of jesus to god the uh, father and here it says let us come boldly unto the throne of grace because jesus cares i know he cares His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. He is not unfeeling. He is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He has compassion on us, and he deals with our sins. Oh, I need to wear my very special suit, like I was saying, uh, to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. The prodigal son didn't wear his very special suit. The Lord is the one who gave him the very special suit. The Lord is the one who uh, supplied it. The high priest was supposed to be offering sacrifices for sin, was supposed to be dealing uh, uh, with sin. He is the one. He is the one to go to. To deal with our sins, to deal with uh, 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 our sins. Uh, I remember reading a story. It was not in any way a story related to the Bible. It was about a traditional priest and a traditional church, and we have an idea, I think, of the things that are wrong in that context. And uh, Anyway, it was an interesting story. In some ways, it was a funny story uh, about this uh, priest who was sick and tired of people coming to him. (laughs) And uh, one of the reasons that he was sick and tired of people coming to him is that they'd come and tell them, and they'd tell him, we've done this, this, this thing. All right? And they'd done things that were wrong and sinful. And he'd tell them what? He'd tell them, He'd tell them, well, this is very, very bad. And then they would usually try to do what? To excuse themselves. Uh, to say, no, it's not so bad because blah, blah, blah. But I didn't mean to, you know, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And eventually he said, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to people anymore. <laughs> I don't want to uh, listen to uh, people uh, uh, any, uh, anymore. There is a balance between what? Between reproving and rebuking sin, which of course is needed, and between encouraging forgiveness. And who knows where the balance is? Not the Pharisees who said, The woman, she's taken in adultery! (laughs) But rather the Lord Jesus, who said, There's no one to condemn you, right? And she said, no man, Lord. And he said, I won't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Go and sin uh, uh, no more. Uh, The Bible tells us that God does not delight in the death of the wicked. Now surely he brings judgment upon the wicked. And he must and will. It is altogether... Fitting and proper. But at the same time, the Bible says that the Lord does not rejoice in the death of the the, uh, wicked. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. The Lord Jesus did not forget what they had done. And yet, he cried over them and said, I wanted to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. You would not. You would not. Your house is left unto you, not. There is, in this great high priest, uh, there is a feeling of sympathy. Of uh, uh, sympathy. Uh, he is touched with our infirmities. It doesn't say he's touched with our infirmities as long as I am some kind of super believer, so to speak. Because sometimes we think, oh, those who are most faithful, oh, those who have sacrificed, oh, those who have died. All right, we thank the Lord for all of these. But watch out, they don't have blue blood. They don't have blue blood. And it's not like one thing or the other, like someone is, you know, like counting a certain amount of money. ah. Okay, you have more than a hundred dollars, now you rise into a new tax bracket. All right? Alright. Ah, If you've come to church a hundred times, when you come a hundred and one, then you graduate to being a half-super saint or something like that. The Lord hears all his children. And the Lord loves all his uh, children. And he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We might feel like the Syrophoenician woman. We have cried and he has not answered. We might feel that that is the case. But this was only a drawing out and strengthening of her faith. This was only to encourage her to cry again. And there was an answer. The Bible says in all their affliction he was afflicted. The Bible tells us that he saw the weeping of the two sisters. And he saw the weeping of the Jews. And even though the Lord Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to be alive in just another ten minutes, in just another ten minutes, and even though we might sometimes... You know how you see people that way, upset, crying. You could do many things. He could have said, "Come on, now, don't cry." But instead, he cried with them. Instead, Jesus wept, not hard-hearted, not uh, made of uh, of uh, stone. He could have thought uh, of himself. The book of Lamentations says, see if there is any suffering. See if there is any sorrow, like my sorrow. We say that all the time. Yee, anam Alright, my problem is so great. As if it's the greatest that ever happened. Oh, they've broken down your altars and killed your prophets, and I, I only... I'm left. I'm left. God bless Elijah. We often talk about that time when he was discouraged. When he was discouraged, he was a man of God. Uh, He was a man of God, and if we follow his footsteps uh, in all the good that he did, uh, in all the good that he did, uh, that would be a a great accomplishment, of course, and glory to God. Uh, Is there any sorrow like my sorrow? That's the Lord Jesus. That's his line. It shouldn't be my line. He should say it. And that's what is happening, I believe, in the book of Lamentations. Prophetically, it is Jesus who is saying, is there any sorrow like my and sorrow? And so, we have someone who is not hard-hearted. He does not have a heart of uh, stone. He's not too busy. All right, remember the woman with the bleeding? who came and said, if I only touch the hem of his robe. But he didn't want her only to touch the hem of his robe. He wanted her to know that he had healed her. He wanted others to know that he had healed her. That this was not some kind of, you know, accident, uh, something that had happened, by the way, but rather that he had done uh, this. Yes, in an unusual way, that manifests his power. That shows what he is able to uh, do. We are members of his body, the Bible says, of his flesh and of his bones. This is the closeness that exists between the Lord Jesus Christ and his children. We are members of his body. We are of his flesh and of his bones. All right? You have a cut on your finger. All right? Your, the other parts of your body say, Ouch. Right? We are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. This unity, he goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 5, this is a great mystery. We would not expect it that God would be so concerned with his children, that he would be so united with his children, that he would be so compassionate towards his children and towards the difficulties and problems which they uh, face. Uh, Tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yet without sin. Tempted in body and in soul and in spirit and tempted in every way. In uh, every way. Uh, And the Bible says here in Hebrews, since he has suffered being tempted, he is able to help them who are uh, uh, tempted as we face problems. All right? Sometimes we say to ourselves, where is God? And we're tempted to do what? To abandon God. Curse God and die. All right? Which is what the wife of Job said. And Job told her, "No, no, no! These are foolish words. You are speaking like a foolish person. You are not saying that which is, uh, which is right, because the Lord Jesus knows and understands what it is to experience trials and tribulations. He went much deeper than we ever will know. None of the ransomed, the hymn writer says, ever knew." How deep were the waters crossed, nor how dark the night that the Lord passed through ere he found his sheep that was lost. And when he crossed those depths, it was for me and for you. And so, what are our difficulties and our problems? Light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal. Uh, weight of uh, glory one of the things that sin does is that sin hardens we do not have a hard hearted savior we have a tender hearted savior a tender hearted high priest oh that our hearts were as tender towards him as his heart is towards us. We have a great high priest passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, hold fast your profession, therefore. We have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And so we must come boldly before the throne of grace where we will find mercy, where we will find grace where we will find the help that we need. The help that we need. And if this is the Savior, a great Savior, then we say also with the writer of the book of Hebrews, how shall we escape? If we neglect, so great a salvation. No other way, no other foundation, No other salvation. No other mediator. No other altar. No other sacrifice. No other high priest. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the great high priest. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Savior of the world. The Savior of all who believe. We thank you because we have a high priest. He is ours. He continues to be ours, holy and undefiled, undying, entering into the heavens. Who knows our sins? Who knows our difficulties, our weaknesses? Who knows them? Not in a cold and unfeeling way, but in a way filled with sympathy and compassion, and who waits for us to come unto Him with our requests, to come before His throne of grace, to come unto Him in prayer, prayers that He will heed and answer. Grace and mercy in time, in time of need. We thank you for this High Priest, draw us closer we pray unto you to your will and way we pray for any who do not know you that they would know that there is no way to escape if we neglect so great a salvation in jesus name i pray amen